All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Sports Play Hour podcast. Uh, this is Ethan Chap and Mason Hart. And uh, today we're going to do a discussion on Tua Tagovailoa. So Mason is a uh, dedicated Dolphin fan and a uh, big Tua fan, uh, especially from yes, college sir. in Alabama. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Tua Tagovailoa, quarterback, Alabama. So we're just going to start with uh, we're going to start with last season. So how did you feel at the end of last year when you guys won five out of the last nine games? Well, obviously the beginning of the season wasn't very pretty. Um, blow out, blow out to your Ravens, blow out to your, I mean to the Patriots and a lot of other teams when they started that season. I'm pretty sure 0 and seven. Yeah, Cow- Cowboys too, early. Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah, Josh Rosen started that game over Fitzpatrick, uh, trying to get the future in, who we thought might have been the future at the time. Josh Rosen. So the last five out of the nine games is when, you know, the culture really came together and the team came together because not many, uh, you know, people were coming in and out of the locker room just because Flores was picking people off the waivers and dropping people that wasn't working with the scheme because he runs a pretentious 3-4 scheme. And, like, they really came together as a team and they beat some good teams. The Eagles, they beat two playoff teams, Eagles and Patriots. Um, which were two good teams, and they took the Patriots out of the the first second round by. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they that, they, they knocked them down uh, week 17 from second seed to what fourth seed, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was probably the best game of the year. Ryan Fitzpatrick played well. Mike Isecki played well, and um, that's the day Chiefs fans definitely became Dolphins fans. Yeah, that was so. um, that was Mike Isecki caught the game winning on the, on the final drive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and that's a connection. Fitzpatrick and Gusecki's connection that happened this year and last year that didn't click till the end of the year, but was very good and really showed how Mike Gusecki has the potential to be definitely a top 15, top 10 tight end in this league if he puts in the work and everything because he has the tools and his run blocking even improved significantly. Yeah, so, no, yeah, he was, I just clicked the. Yeah, he was a huge the last target five coming out of games. Um, you know the last five of the nine games of last year just definitely was just showed what Flores brought to the table from bringing a team that was negative, like one sixty seven to a plus whatever. And, you know, there were some people saying put coach Flores in the coach of the year running. And, you know, that would have been really funny if he got some votes because I feel he had, he did a very good job. Yeah. I think like when uh, teams go like 14 and two and the coach wins like coach of the year, like unopposed, uh, I mean, I mean, obviously the coaching has a lot to do with it, but if the roster, like the 49ers roster, like the Ravens roster is like so much better than everyone else. Like if you look yeah. at last year, like Mike Tomlin with no, I don't even like Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin with no quarterback went like eight and eight and Gruden yeah. made all those draft picks and was like one game away. And then like Brian Flores with that team from like week one through five to the last five weeks or last nine games, like the major change. I definitely agree with you on that point. So Yeah, I mean, the NFL might need to look into thinking about coach of the year, not just about roster, because um, like that's not everything. You got to look at culture. You got to look at, you know, the improvement of the team. Yeah. All right. Even um, Sean McDermott on the Bills, they took a big step last year. Actually, like, yeah, he did. Have a good year. Had a good defense last year. So overall, uh, next question is, how do you feel Brian Flores and the culture is establishing in Miami? But you seem pretty high on it right now. Yeah, I think Brian Flores is probably the best coach we've had since Don Shula back in the 70s and 80s and 90s. I mean, 
Like he really has put together a winning culture, something in my lifetime I haven't seen. I mean, the past coaches, Adam Gase, Cam Johnson, Joe Philbin were just I don't I don't know what the thought process was in hiring. Uh, Adam Gates had one good year with Peyton Manning, but I mean Peyton Manning, he's a pretty good quarterback, I guess. So I don't think it was much Adam Gates that really did much. And people uh, past teammates will even tell you Peyton Manning was like the, an offensive coordinator. Like he would take the playbook out of his offense coordinator's hands and tell them what to run. And right. Adam Gates was his offensive coordinator. So I this he was an offensive guru mind Adam Gase and he obviously is not yeah so Gase has been right yeah right in uh Manning's wave pretty much yeah his legacy and so Brian Flores's culture you know people looked at it the first year like how are you building a culture when you every other week he's picking up and dropping players and stuff like that well you know it's about it might not be a culture is not always about like you know, keeping the team together, but he made sure the team put in the hard work, the conditioning, at week in and week, week in and week out, putting the work in, and it really showed at the end of the year and even showed the com- camaraderie within the team just for that. So I, the culture in Miami is very high, um, and there shouldn't be any questions with that. I'm very yeah. happy. Yeah, I think going strong into, like, this kind of year and then this year so far, They've shown that for sure. So still talking about last year, going into the draft with the fifth overall pick, who did you want to draft? Well, when the the first, like, when they started talking about it, I know the owner, Stephen Ross, there was reports that came out that he wanted to try everything he could to trade up to the one pick to take Joe Burrow. And personally for me, I think Joe Burrow has a lower ceiling than two attack of Tungabailoa. So – Going into the fifth pick, I really wanted Tua, and I was going to be very disappointed if the Bengals somehow got Tua or maybe the Redskins at two or, you know, a team jumped in front of them. I would have been very disappointed. So Tua definitely was my favorite quarterback that year, even though the exceptional year Joe Burrow had in college, no doubt taken away from him. And I know also previous front office, Mike Tannenbaum, who was not a good GM for Miami for years, (laughs) he was very, very high on Justin Herbert, Herbert. And I feel if he was still the GM, Justin Herbert would have been their quarterback right now. And they definitely would have taken him because they studied him for about four years. And Justin Herbert, you know, he's not a bad quarterback, but um, he's actually doing very good this year. But the, like the, um, the report with him is he's not, at a, he's not NFL pro ready. And the two quarterbacks in that draft class that were ready off bat were Joe Burrow, who's having a good year, playing all year, and Tua Tagovailoa. Yep. And for me, I thought Tua's anticipation and skill set and what he brings to the table is greater than Joe Burrow. But you know, Joe Burrow was a hard quarterback to pass up for the, the Bengals. So yes. for me, going into that draft, I wanted Tua. So there was no other. You only you definitely wanted the quarterback with that pick, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. They definitely needed a quarterback. There was no way that that franchise um, that we should have waited till 2021 to think to even get to a, not to a, um, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields or someone like that. Yeah. Um, or sign someone for a free agent as another placeholder. It just didn't make any sense, especially with the generational talent in college that he showed as Tua. I mean, one of the most efficient quarterbacks of all time and the best quarterback of all time, statistically at Alabama. 
Yep. Like his accuracy and every and anticipation, everything he brings to the table is just too good to pass up on. So. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's interesting. You said that you think Tua's ceiling was higher. Um, back when I did like a piece on Tua going into the draft, that's exactly what I said. I said that he was mm-hmm. my favorite quarterback in the draft class, even though nothing again is Joe Burrow. And I still thought Joe Burrow should go one because he was like the consensus number one pick. If the Bengals pick yeah. him and something goes wrong, like everyone was okay with that. But if they would have picked Tua and something happens with his hip down the line, they're going to get like flamed forever. But I, I said that I see Tua having a higher ceiling than Burrow. So I, I yeah. agreed like exactly with what you said. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of um, – or we – I mean – Joe Burrow is kind of like the Andrew Luck situation. Like, everyone knew he was going number one. And, you know, Andrew Luck turned out not to be the best quarterback in that draft class. You could definitely say Russell Wilson, um, probably Andrew Luck second. And then, surprisingly, probably Ryan Tannehill three. And then uh, RG3 was also that year, but he was injury riddled, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Joe, uh, Joe Burrow definitely should have been the first pick. I totally believe that. But – Tua just for me puts like his craft is is more over the top and I think in years down you're going to see that Tua I well I hope and I believe that in years down that Tua will probably will definitely be the best quarterback in this draft class. I think so too. So um, now the next question is going to be what were your overall thoughts of Tua uh, and his college career? I'm going to read you some stats before we start just to like give them a feedback on Tua in college. So in his 2018-2019 season, uh, he came in second in Heisman voting behind Kyler Murray, and he threw 26 touchdown passes before throwing his first interception against LSU, and he finished that season with a completion percentage of 69%. He had 43 passing touchdowns, uh, 43 passing touchdowns, 3,966 passing yards, and five rushing touchdowns with uh, 190 yards, and he only threw six interceptions. And then his last year in college, uh, was cut short due to his hip injury, but he threw for 2,840 yards, 33 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and he had a passer rating of 206.9. So something incredible for his passer rating right there. But, yeah, so that was to his stats for his last two years of college. So, yeah, what did you like about uh, to his like, college career? Some things that someone did you like? What, like, made him special? Was there any worries? Um, well, obviously what made, uh, I mean, the two of story starts obviously freshman year at Alabama when he's tr- a true freshman coming in at halftime in a championship game against a Georgia defense that had studs on that team. Roquan Smith, first round, first rounder, DeAndre Baker's a first rounder. Now they look at him and uh, they had a good D line and everything. And he came in there and he won the game. I mean, we all, we all see the, he got sacked for a loss of like 18 and then he came out and threw like a 45 yard dart to Devontae Smith. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it makes you special. And, but for me, like definitely his wow season was definitely a sophomore year and any other, any other year he would have won Heisen, but Kyler Murray, you know, that year he was putting up maybe same numbers, maybe a little less than Tua, but obviously his rushing it, for passing. He probably did a little bit less, but for rushing, he was just phenomenal. So, that year, obviously, Kyler Murray should have won it. And mm. that's the only reason Tua wouldn't have won Heisman that year. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, for, like, you talked about the LSU game. That was the game 
for me that turned heads and uh, really made me see that he's special. A lot of people say the championship game is a true freshman, but if you go back and watch film in that LSU game, he that's the moment where you realize Tua is going to be something special. In the You're league. talking about like last the year? First, or the uh, first... sophomore year LSU okay. game. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, that If you watch film in that game, he was making NFL throws. A, a lot of throws, a lot of people in the NFL, like quarterbacks, like, Ryan Tannehill at the time, Andy Dalton, like, they couldn't even throw. Uh, you look, uh, Ish Smith touchdown in the corner, I remember that play was just a beautiful throw. And every single – if you look at that game, he played very good. And they beat an LSU team that was, that was pretty good that year, and people thought they might they might upset. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was definitely a game that made me see that Tua is – a good person in the future. Now, at the time, I didn't think the Dolphins would be in the hunt for Tua just because, you know, it's years down the road. But, like, what what I liked about him is just his anticipation is very good. It's one of the best, like, I've seen from a college quarterback. He just knows when to throw it, and he leads – like, he leads um, corners and defenses with his eyes. He's very good at that. And um, his deep ball is actually very good. Some people worry about his arm strength, which – um, doesn't worry me at all. I mean, it's going to get way better over time. And his deep ball is – his his completion from, like, 30 to 40 yards is – if you look at the stats, is very good. He doesn't miss many throws. And um, so nothing really worried me at all about him. It's like, people will say the injury and everything. But, I mean, you see now he's become the starter. And – he wouldn't have put on pads if he was injured. Yeah, no, he has, he's, he's had like a full that. year. He's like he had almost a full yeah. year to recover as well. Yeah, he's had a full year to recover. He's been a hundred percent ready to do physical uh, work since April. Yeah. And that IQ, he might not be able to play, but that IQ doesn't go away. Yeah. People don't understand. Like his IQ is so high of the game of football. And that just doesn't go away with an injury. No. It's always gonna be there. You know, he might have slowed down a little bit with that hip but he wasn't always the most mobile quarterback. Yeah. It was just, he's like a true breeze. He, his IQ, the game has raised him above lots of people in college and hopefully in the NFL level. So I don't see any downsides in his game so far. And, you know, if the offensive line can hold up and he doesn't have to scramble as much, even though he's a very good uh, person to throw on the run. Yeah. Taking him at five was definitely the best option for this franchise, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, just one more thing on his wow factor. Like, uh, coming in as a true freshman, down 13 at halftime uh, in, like, the national championship after, like, mm-hmm. Alabama just benched Jalen Hurts. Like, you can't really get any more pressure than that. You and can't, like, no. And he looked calm and collected the minute yeah. he got in there. And yeah. benching a quarterback like Jalen Hurts at the time, who was, you know, what people thought – was uh, a future NFL quarter, a future first round NFL quarterback. He's in the NFL today, but um, like people viewed him as the best quarterback in the country. Yeah, no, he got even to... I did. Even I did at the time. I thought Jalen Hurts was a very good quarterback. And... Yeah, he got Alabama a back to back championships, and then they bench him for yeah. this true freshman, and he steps in and wins in the game. And so, like instantly, he's just major spotlight the entire college career, and they really didn't really miss a step. So, yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, definitely sophomore season people. Because Jalen Hurts was still on the roster, 
Saban was getting all these questions like, who are you going to start, Tua or Jalen Hurts? And in the end, it was Tua. And it was obviously yeah. the right decision. I, I agree. Um, so my next, now we're getting into this season. Did you want him? Did you want him to begin the season as a starter, or did you expect him to begin the season as a starter? Oh, I did not expect him to be this the opening game starter at all. Uh, Fitzpatrick, with his experience, especially going out against that New England defense in New England first week, uh, I definitely think that was the right thing. You know, Tua didn't get uh, preseason. He didn't get OTAs or any camp so he didn't get to work with the first string starters and get reps as much yeah, as Fitzpatrick did you know last year and Fitzpatrick's is a 16 year bet um so definitely playing him was the right decision and you know Patriot Bill Belichick's obviously a good coach and what he threw his way what he would have thrown to his way in his first game yeah um <laughs> you know he he needed to Tua definitely needed to learn and watch more film uh, would have to, you know, wouldn't be able to watch, like, I don't know. It's kind of hard. But, like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick as a vet has seen more trick defenses or what yeah. Belichick would throw at him or any other coach than Tua has because it obviously hasn't played. So, I you think know, Belichick starting was definitely the best season. Yeah, Belichick uh, is, like, probably the worst court, uh, coach to go against for a rookie quarterback in his first play. I know, like – He's terrorized. How many Josh rookie Allen. quarterbacks beat him? I don't yeah. think any rookie quarterback has beaten him actually. Yeah, I think he's terrorized Josh Allen for his first two years, and going into this year, they haven't played yet. But uh, I know it's a struggle for any rookie or young quarterback going against him. Yeah. Um. So and, overall, in like a normal, uh, like normal season with no COVID, uh, do you believe it's better to throw a rookie in or let him like, only, like let him learn on the fly or let him sit a year and observe if you have like a decent starting quarterback? Well, that's a good question because, you know, it's, it depends it's on very, the, Yeah, it's, it's very, like, situational, though. It depends on the situation. And, you know, here's one thing I'll say is, um, you know, you throw Joe Burrow in, you throw – well, Justin Herbert wasn't originally supposed to be thrown in, but these guys are not put in – Joe Burrow is not obviously put in the best situation with the Bengals, and he's struggling it's, and everything. It's not a winning and people, situation. Yeah, it's not a winning situation. And – um, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a year in observe, but that was a good Chiefs team with a good quarterback at the time, Alex Smith, and they just believed that they don't have to throw in Patrick Mahomes a rookie so quickly. And, you know, but what people don't realize what Miami's done, and it's very smart by Brian Flores, is everyone was like, you know, if Fitzpatrick does bad, the team's not winning, throw Tua in. Has anybody ever thought to put a rookie quarterback in that you know has potential when the team's doing good? Right. I, not many people have thought of that. I think the Dolphins are maybe the one of the first teams to do that in a long time. Like, why put in a rookie when you're struggling, when he's probably going to struggle? Right. But when the Dolphins are at their, you know, they're playing at their best right now, why not put Tua in when he's an improvement? And what Brian Flores did right there was so smart. And um, you got to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, that's a good people way to think about it. Like, yeah. Like, most of the time, these quarterbacks, either, like, Burrow, they come in and they start and they're just put in a bad situation right off rip. Or, like you said, like, the team is the, – the guy that they drafted to replace whoever the starting quarterback is is just completely falling apart. And they're going to throw the quarterback in, but that's a terrible – that's even worse than Burrow's in. Yeah. So, no, that's a good point, that the Dolphins are pretty much at an all-time high. So, why would you mm -hmm. insert him now when, like, everything is going for him? So, yeah, that's, that's actually a great point. 
Yeah, I mean, not many people think about that. They always assume to put, you know, make the quarterback change when the team is doing bad. But here we see, which, you know, might be one of the first times in NFL history that someone's putting a rookie quarterback in when the starter is playing good. Right. Even though, you know, I mean, we can go into more, but as an internal Dolphins fan, Ryan Fitzpatrick really wasn't playing that well. And, you know, I, that's another reason. People people see that – stats say that Fitzpatrick was playing good, but when you watch him, he really, he really did not look good against the Jets. Mm-hmm. So I think that was another factor that really put Tua in. It was like, you know, Fitz Magic might turn into Fitz Tragic in a little bit. Yeah, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, he has a tendency and he has a history. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, overall, what have been your thoughts on the Dolphins season to this point? Um, you know, it's obviously an improvement about uh, over the past few years of what they've – what they looked at the past few years is definitely improvement to what they looked at now. So, it's obviously been good. There's a lot of games I feel like they could have won. I really do believe that they could have beat the Bills and the Seahawks and be sitting at 5-1 and one right now. But, you know, football's football and things don't go their way. Um, but against the Seattle Seahawks, uh, they only lost by eight points, a touchdown and two-point conversion. But early in that game, we stopped Russell Wilson the first half pretty well and even in the second half. But you're not going to be Russell Wilson doing field goals. That's what the Dolphins did. They scored five, five field goals that game and a touchdown. Right. They lost by a touchdown. Um, you can't be Russell Wilson only kicking field goals. I'm sorry. So that's a game I feel like the Dolphins should have won. And, it would have also turned heads in the NFL like, wow. Oh, yeah, for sure. The Dolphins just beat the Seattle Seahawks. So people picking the Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl. People were even picking the Bills to win the division and go to the AFC Championship, and they only lost to them by a field goal. Right. And Fitzpatrick played good that game. The defense didn't play good that game. So the season has kind of been like when we lose, especially against the Patriots, the defense didn't play bad against the Patriots at all, but the offense only scored 11 points, and you can't do that. Yeah, Fitzpatrick has Fitzpatrick three interceptions. Three interceptions. It's just um, that's when I was like, oh my god, Patrick's <laughs> gonna have a bad year. Two is gonna come in week three against the Jaguars or something. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's that's like, you know, when we lost, it's been either the defense or the offense. So especially inserting two now, I hope it's not the offense that loses yeah. us games. All right. Uh, so the defense. Did, yeah, the defense. How have you felt about them, especially like the last two weeks? I mean, the defense has looked actually very well. Uh, they're way more organized um, than last year and years before. There's a lot of stars that are coming out and a lot of potential being shown, like Christian Wilkins, our first-round pick, the first pick that Brian Flores ever picked this, um, this franchise out of Clemson has just looked phenomenal this year. His run stopping, and he's got a, he got a sack last week against Joe Flacco, and he's just looked great, especially as a – third, second-year player, uh, he's looked very good. And Emmanuel Ogba, who we got from uh, Cleveland, and he put, had a little bit of time. He played it in Kansas City, I'm pretty sure, has looked very good. And he has five sacks on the year and a lot of QB pressures. And he sacked Joe Flacco, I think, for 28 yards. That's yeah. uh, last Sunday. And, yeah. <laughs> so the front four has – front four has honestly looked good. Uh, linebackers have looked okay. Um, sometimes they give up something. But, you know, that's just football. You're not always going to get everything. Yeah, that's true. But Xavier Howard in the secondary has looked like a top five quarter in, in the league with league-leading four interceptions right now. He's just a ball hawk. 
Uh, I'm very pleased with him. Uh, he didn't have like the best year last year. He obviously ended with an injury. And sometimes, you know, he looks okay. And some other games he looks like very good. And then uh, obviously the signing of Byron Jones on the other side. Those are two potential lockdown corners. Like Byron Jones doesn't always get interceptions, but he's uh, very good at playing the ball and deflecting it. And not much gets past him. If you look at the stats when Howard and Byron Jones have thrown out, I'm pretty sure there's only like nine completions this year or something. It's yeah. something crazy. But they look like the best cornerback duo in the league. Yeah, no, Byron Jones is uh, definitely underrated. I think he's fantastic at Dallas. And I think yeah. Dallas is also really, really showing it now this year. Without, I mean, I, yeah. obviously it's not him, but their secondary is god awful. Yeah. And the secondary is way better. Giving up 30 points a game. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I know, so, what, two weeks ago, you guys destroyed the 49ers and your defense had a yep. fumble recovery and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then last week, you shut out. I mean, it was the Jets, but you still completed the shutout, which is impressive. Yeah, so. shutout's a shutout. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. very pleased with the, the 49ers game. Yeah, you got looking at that. It's like people never, no one, no one picked the Dolphins to beat the 49ers. I know you didn't. I saw your predictions on Yeah, I, I had the 49ers. Yeah, that's, when, that's, when, that's when I got off the 49ers train because they're just too injured yeah. and you can't trust what's going on there. But yeah, yeah no. I mean, yeah, they played very well against the 49ers and the Jets, and I was very happy. And they played good against the Seahawks. I mean, oh, yeah. didn't take away. I think that was your that was your kind of like your big statement game because, like you said, you almost did it with the Seahawks. But then, I mean, you guys just absolutely killed the 49ers. The game wasn't even yeah, wasn't even close. It was just it wasn't close. Yeah, you took Garoppolo out by the second by the second half. He wasn't even playing anymore. Yeah. So overall, are you surprised that the Dolphins are sitting at three and three and second in division right now? I'm really not because people undermine the Miami Dolphins. You know, they're not in the media at all. Uh, this Tua uh, change to quarterback has been, like, the first time they're in the media in yep. like, so long. Like, you never see them on ESPN. Like, why, why would they even be on ESPN? Yep. Uh, but, I mean, being at 3-3, three and three, I'm not surprised by it. I honestly think they should be either 4-2 and two or 5-1. and one. Yep. Uh, Second to division, you know, that, that might be a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think New England was going to be – two and three heading into week um, into week seven at all. And the Bills, you know, a couple surprising losses, I guess. Uh, oh, there were two not good surprising teams. losses. Yeah. Two good teams, but maybe the outcome. I, I didn't yeah. think the Chiefs would blow them out that bad. I thought the Bills had a very good defense. I didn't but, think the Titans you know, were going to absolutely just kill them. Like, the Titans just killed them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think uh, it at all. Yeah. Sorry, the Titans, yeah. Titans killed them. Uh, I wasn't expecting that at all either. Their defense did not look good yeah. at all. And Josh yeah. Allen hasn't looked himself look like looked like himself that he did the first couple weeks. Yeah, the defense so, has been a big disappointment yeah. this year, especially with like Sean McDermott, who's like known to be a defensive guy. They have not looked good mm-hmm. at all this year. Yeah, so being second in the division is definitely a surprise, but sitting at three and three is not a surprise for me. And I hope, you know, with the upcoming says we got, we can definitely elevate ourselves to win more games and I would be definitely happy if they finish eight and eight, uh, maybe even nine and seven or 10 and six. We'll see you and maybe make a playoff push, but yeah. yeah. So let's say like a hypothetical, like the bills are on a two late, two game losing streak that could like mm-hmm. turn ugly Patriots are on a two game losing streak. Uh, other teams that would be competing for the wild card, like the Colts, but I don't know if you can trust yeah. rivers moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders are three and two, but I don't know if that team can keep it up. And the Browns, they look they look good, but they just got killed by the Steelers and their defense is banged up. So, mm-hmm. do you think there's a chance that you guys could be uh, have a playoff push, especially if Tua comes in and like puts it all together? 
Well, the thing is, just like just for the Dolphins, they just need not don't worry about like other teams. Just just keep winning, you know. Yeah. Like that's like some what some teams' problems are. They like, you know, they're like, oh, if we win this amount of games, but the Colts and or, and uh, Browns don't do like if they do this and they don't do that, then we can get in. But like, you know, if you just keep winning at the end of the season, you're gonna see results. And you know, I think the Dolphins can get in for a playoff push because, like you said, like Indianapolis, um, you know, they they might lose some they're gonna lose some games. Phil Rivers doesn't look good. Cleveland, you know, hoping Steelers and Ravens, you know, sweep them that year. That would be what, right there, four losses. Yep. Um, I know the Ravens already beat them once, but I think the Steelers look good, so I think they could. And the Raiders, you know, they beat the KC Chiefs and John Gruden's a good coach. I'll give him that. Yeah. So but you know, there's also more play there's more wild card spots. So I hope the Dolphins go in and you know the one team that you have to hope that falls out is the New England Patriots, which is obviously hard when you have Belichick at the home yep. doing that. But, yeah, I mean, the AFC looks good this year. So, I mean, if the Dolphins got in the playoffs, I'm not sure how far they'd go, but obviously that's a big improvement if they got into the playoffs, and I'd be very happy with that. Yep. Um, so now we're going to talk about uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, I know you said that the stats didn't really show. I'm going to read the stats, but you can tell okay. us what you've seen, Okay. So on this year, he's completed 70% of his passes on 197 attempts. Uh, he's thrown for 1,535 yards uh, and averaged 253 yards per game. Uh, I can see this being a problem. He's thrown 10 touchdowns, but he's also thrown seven interceptions, and he has a QBR rating of 95. Yeah, so his stats, they look good, and I've seen analytics show that, you know, he's compared – he has the same stats compared to like top quarterbacks in the league, like Aaron Rodgers, over the past like sixteen games. But um, from a Dolphins fans' standpoint, he really hasn't looked good. He didn't look good against the Seahawks. He didn't look good against the Patriots. Uh, he did not look good against the Jets, in my opinion. Even though they won twenty-four nothing, um, I do believe. I think if the Jets, if it wasn't, we weren't playing the Jets. We were playing a, a team like maybe the Patriots. I don't think we would have won that game because, you know, the Patriots are smarter than the Jets and. Right. Ryan Fitzpatrick just did not look good against the Jets. And I actually do believe that that's one reason why two is going in because they are seeing a little bit of a decline in Fitzpatrick. Hmm. Uh, he forces a lot of throws. He thinks he has the same arm strength as he did 10 years ago. And that's a little bit of a problem. Like uh, you watched uh, replays of last week's game. He tried to fit in a ball to Mike Isecki with, uh, I'm pretty sure Brian Poole was standing right there, uh, the safety for the Jets. And he tried to fit through the window, and it just—he doesn't have the accuracy, or he has—he doesn't have the arm strength anymore, and to bullet point a pass like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what he's thinking, and I think he—he's he, trying to do that, and that's always—that's just always been his uh, thing over his career, is just forcing throws. He's a gunslinger. I mean, yeah. You're not gonna—you can't teach him out of that. And he tries to make throws, and he thinks. Yeah, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it till he till he doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah. Exactly. And. You know, but yeah, I mean, his stats look good. He'd be a starting quarterback for a lot of teams in this league, but just for right now, I think they need to start to and move on. Yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. I can definitely see why having uh, Fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback would like there'd be problems because I just feel like you know that like Fitzmagic and there's like there's Fitzmagic where he throws three picks. Like you know, yeah, there's a part where it just will completely derail itself. So. I could definitely get behind, mm-hmm. like, just moving on when things are going good. And and you still have him on the team. It's not like he's leaving the team. He's still right there. Exactly. He's a good mentor. Mentor. He's a good locker room guy. 
I don't think the uh, the Dolphins will trade Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's been rumors thinking, hey, maybe the Cowboys want to pick him up or, you know, a team that could make a like – uh, I think the Cowboys are the only team I've really heard in a rumor that right. is a potential playoff team that needs a quarterback. You don't hear that every day. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, maybe the Bears, yeah. if they don't like Foles or Trubisky. Yeah, but I think that they won't trade Ryan Fitzpatrick just because the the intangibles he brings he brings to the locker room. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Something you can't let go, and he can still teach Tua even even though two of them do. Yeah, the locker room and quarterback room, everything like that. So mm-hmm. uh, Tua has a bye week seven, so he has a whole week mm-hmm. to prepare for week eight and his uh, first game against the Rams. Um, yes, the Rams sir. defense has played pretty well. They have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Uh, does that worry you for his first start? Uh, people, I mean, it doesn't worry me at all. But the only reason it worries people, and I don't understand why, is because I think Aaron Donald's going like, to crush two and hurt his same hip or something like that. But, you know, if they really thought that was going to happen, they obviously wouldn't start Tua in any single game. Because yeah. Aaron Donald's not the only guy in the NFL that can land on Tua and crush someone. And obviously Jalen Ramsey, too. He's a good corner. But um, uh, I'm not worried again about with Tua against this defense because Tua has high IQ, like I said earlier, and he has two weeks to prepare for this Rams defense. Yep. Um, so you got to take that into factor. Uh, I don't see a problem with him going against this Rams defense, and I really do think he will come out firing and look good, and I expect the Dolphins win on Sunday against the Rams, or next Sunday against the Rams. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that game. Um, I don't know yeah. if – I don't make know what a game time of it week. is. Yeah, I don't know what time it is, but I – Oh, uh, 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock. I'm, I've definitely yeah. been super excited to see Tua. And uh, I know he came in for, what, like two passes against the Jets? Came in for two passes. They looked good. I mean, if you watch – and only two passes and a couple handoffs. But if you look at the – I was telling you, I mean, if you look at that first throw with that rollout to uh, – he rolled out to his left on and uh, threw to Patrick Laird for two yards. But, you know, the Jets came in with a corner blitz. Brian Poole came off in off the edge, I think. Um, and they came out with him with two, but he throws it past two people and completes yeah. the pass right in the numbers. Like for it might not look like something special, but for oh, it was like that, it was like an eighteen-yard pass though because he was so far behind the uh, line of scrimmage. It was a good pass. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. He was in the, his own end zone, and yeah. you know, for an average casual football watcher, uh, that might not look like anything special, but for a guy that is not supposedly was people were going to pass up on him because he's hurt and not going to be mobile enough and makes a play like that. Yeah. That that was honestly a very good throw. I, people I remember don't... when I saw, I saw that he only threw two passes. I was like, oh, okay. And then I watched that play. I was like, oh, that was a great play. Like, that was – it was like – That was a very good play. Yeah. And it was a smart play. Like, him rolling out in his own end zone, there's a lot of things that could go wrong. A lot of things. And, and his at, first passing play as a career, he yeah. makes it look like he's a bet. Yeah, so no, I and that first down pass to Jakeen Grant was also a good pass. Um, yeah, no, both and because they were they both were tight points. windows. Yeah, they both were. Tight yeah, windows. they were. He got the first uh, first down, uh, the first first down of the game for Dolphins on third down. Yeah. Um, a first third down conversion, and yeah, if you look at that that play too, is his you know for a guy that is uh, a year year ago he got injured by getting hit. He didn't look scared to get hit, and that's something that a lot of, happens to a lot of people, you know. Like, they might get uh, flashbacks or, you know, 
right. not want to get hit. And his pocket poise looked good. Like, the pocket was really collapsing on him. And I was like, yeah. oh, is he going to get sacked? And then now he threw it, and he looked he looked comfortable in it. So that's something you got to take away from his two throws. Um, might not be much, but to a Dolphins fan and um, people that watch film, that's that's a that shows a lot. Um, yeah, no, a lot. I mean, is this his second first and second throw of? Uh... Yeah, this is just the first and second throws of like his career. So I mean, like it's just it's just looking like really good for that. Like I. I'm really I'm, – because I'm a huge fan of him in Alabama. Like I said, he's my yeah. favorite quarterback out of the draft. I'm, I'm really looking forward to him starting. Just – I want to see him yeah. play a whole game. Um, yeah, exactly. That's what – that's what – you know, you, you want to look up to a film, and this is nothing. Like, there's no preseason. If there was preseason, you know, some people would yeah. be uh, – like, they'd be fine if um, – there's just no film. And that's also another thing that will help maybe against for the Rams. Like, the first four weeks, I'd – of the teams they play with two is starting, they're not going to have much film on them. Yeah, they won't have anything. Can, yeah. They won't have anything except for what he did in college, but he obviously didn't run the same system. But, um, you know, Shane Gailey, he's smart. And when they hired Shane Gailey, he's a spread offense kind of guy. And uh, they ran that a lot in Alabama. But they're obviously not going to run the same plays as in college. But, you know, when they hired Shane Gailey, I'm like, hmm. I know I could see. T- I think two is going to be the quarterback because you yeah. know, they hired someone with this specialty, and yeah, two is a. I mean, the first four weeks is just gonna. Then they're not going to be able to figure him out, and he's going to come at you with a lot of different things because he's a very versatile, versatile thrower, and I he's mean. he's also like a little mobile. Like you no, might even is. see him do a couple, a little bit of an option play for like five yards, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is obviously, like, his highest comp. But, like, when you're saying, like, like we were talking about earlier, like, he's actually a pretty good, like, deep thrower. And he, he has good pocket position. He can roll out. And he's, like, a little mobile. Like, he reminds me of, like, Russell Wilson. I'm not going to say he's Russell Wilson. But, like, that's the yeah, type yeah. of player he reminds me of. And that's just exciting yeah. to watch. So Yeah, it's only like Russell Wilson. Like, he can scramble out of the pocket. He might not, you know, pull Lamar Jackson and juke two people and run right, but he's 15, 20 yards. Yeah. But he's going to get it done, and uh, I hope Tua does that this week and 10 years down the line. Right. So, we'll see. So, all right, the next question is, are you worried that if Tua doesn't come out and play well, he will be criticized harshly because Fitz was winning with uh, winning games with this team and also the other rookie quarterbacks, Burrow and Herbert, have looked so good so fast? Well, I know if that does happen. If he does come out and not play well, it will happen, mm. but – for me, I don't think it will affect Tua. Yeah. Uh, he's too calm and collected, and his, his poise is just – outside noise won't affect him. Um, you know, Fitz was winning games, but we all know internally that this is the right change. And other rookie quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and Herbert, yeah, they have looked good. Um. So, you know, that's another thing. You know, you look at Tua and you're like, oh, you're like, yeah, you got to start him because these guys are looking good and stuff like that. But for criticism, yeah, obviously he's going to be criticized. Every rookie quarterback gets criticized. I mean, look at Joe Burrow after that Ravens game. He looked, he looked awful yeah. in that Ravens game. He looked like he was still in college. And that's another thing that happens with quarterbacks when they come out of college because, you know, they're in their rookie year. In college, they're – you know, Joe Burrow scrambled around so much against these defensive linemen, and he was able to make nothing out of something uh, almost every single play. Right. Justin Herbert, too, is also mobile, and he could have done that. He did that at Oregon line, so did two at 
um, Alabama. So he obviously would criticize, I think, Tua's one problem for Tua is he won't throw it away as much. And he, I'm not saying he's going to throw interceptions, but he might make some throws that are like, yeah, you know, you could have thrown that away instead of or getting sacked or something. Right. Trying to extend uh, the play. Trying to send the play when, you know, three two next year, or two or three years on the line, like he's obviously going to make the right play. Yeah. Well, like, it's also with a rookie with no OTAs, no preseason. Like, I think all three of those quarterbacks, and then two, like you said, like coming in the middle of the season, there's going to be some leeway. Like, he's still going to be yeah. a guy next year. Like, yeah, he's a guy. Yeah, you got to just – it's just going to be exciting to watch him. And like you said, like, you don't even think it's going to happen. It's just – I mean, it's, there's always a possibility. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, his the criticism I don't see is going to affect him, mm. but people will criticize if he does bad to answer the question. Yeah. Um. So then Ryan Fitzpatrick, when he uh found out that two was replacing him for the Rams game, uh, had two two quotes that I have here. Uh, I basically got fired yesterday, and my day today consisted of a Zoom meetings with the guy who fired me and sitting in in the room with the guy who replaced me for hours. And then he also said. Mm-hmm. I've been benched for all kinds of different ways, but this was kind of the first place other than Buffalo that I've been fully committed and invested. I felt like this was my team. And then he also had one about like his heart being broken. Were you surprised yeah. by these comments? I mean, I was definitely surprised that he came out publicly. Yeah, especially the that. character Ron Fitzpatrick is. Uh, I don't think it was right to come out publicly with that. But I can see where he's coming from. I mean, even Tua said it himself. It was like a father-son relationship. And he's obviously... Even too is like I feel for Ron Fitzpatrick, but you know where the team is at now, it's the right decision. And you know, all hats off to Ron Fitzpatrick. He's definitely the best quarterback this franchise has had in a very long time, and definitely was here for the culture change and was a, probably the biggest part of our culture change. Being a vet in a locker room where he's the oldest guy by about ten years almost until they signed Kyle Van Noy, um, you know, it's. It is what it is for him, and you know, I could see what he means. We're sitting in a, a Zoom call with Tua and Brian Flores, assume. Uh, but I mean, you know, not not much, not much he can do anymore. Like Tua is our guy. Tua was a guy for the future. He was yeah. a placeholder. Ryan Fitzpatrick knew he was a placeholder when he signed a two-year contract with the rebuilding Dolphins. Like, yeah, he knew what he was getting himself into. But I think he. He thought, you know, because of his play and the way the team's winning, why would they do that? But so is everybody else thinking that. And the Dolphins have thought outside the box and have said uh, – thought outside the box and have done – well, not pe- many people have done, done themselves and played a rookie quarterback when the team is at its all-time high. Yeah, that's what you said. Like, you were saying, yeah. like, they're, they're thinking outside the box. No, I, I really like what they're doing, and I think you explained it pretty well. Um, I agree with you. I was surprised that Fitzpatrick went uh, – public with them, uh, especially because, like, you just don't want to put any more pressure or things on Tua's mind going into his first start because that's, that's just not what you want. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree. I think overall I think it's the right decision. Uh, mm-hmm. I just – I was just – I was surprised that they were – he went public, public with all that. But, like you said, he yeah. knew what he was getting into. I mean, you're like mm-hmm. – this is your 16th, 17th year, and they drafted someone fifth overall. That guy's playing sooner than later. So. Exactly. All right, so do you have any other comments on the Dolphins as a whole or or Tua? I mean, I guess all I got to say is watch out for the Miami Dolphins because they're coming. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> and it might not be this year. It might not be 
next year, but three, four years down the road, I hope this team is a division winner and the culture they're building in Miami, I do believe that they could be championship contenders in years to come. Oh yeah, I definitely think, uh, I think I said this, I think I said this in the, the beginning podcast. I know that the Bills have been trending up and the Dolphins are trending up and the Jets are definitely trending down and I don't know what the mm-hmm. Patriots are doing, but for a, a division that's been stronghold Patriots, uh, yeah. they need to get, they need to get up like Bell Belichick, if Cam's not the guy or if he is the guy, they need to get it quick because the Bills and the Dolphins from like what they've been in the past are definitely going up. So you don't want to get behind two teams in your division. So you don't, especially with two teams that have young quarterbacks and the Patriots don't have one right now. Right, exactly. Uh, so the future is bright for the Bills and the Dolphins, obviously. Uh for the Patriots, we'll have to see. Yeah, you'll definitely have to see. And then for the Jets, I don't even know if they start at like ground level. Um, they gotta fire Adam Gase first. Yeah, that's their first thing. I'm surprised. I forgot to say that. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't fire him after the Dolphins game. After this offensive guru put up zero points against his former team. Yeah. You think the team that fired you, you want to come out, and he didn't show. I mean, you know, it looked like a basic or uh, something. I can't believe that man had a job. Yeah, I can't believe that man had a job after, like I guess the Broncos game, or even at the like beginning of the season, and then let alone. They're sitting, yeah. They just got shut out in week six, mm-hmm. and and then I'm gonna win. Uh, I don't know how he's still there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. All right, so this has been the the Tua podcast. Uh, this has been uh, Ethan Chat and Mason Hart. And I, uh, yeah, this is uh, Sports by the Hour. <laughs>